0: Today's episode is brought to you by Products by Lizzie. If you have sensitive skin, dry skin, or just like stuff that smells really, really good, you got to check out Products by Lizzie. My daughter has really, really bad eczema, and right now our life is like that Lady Gaga meme, like, you know, the one where she's like, club, another club, no sleep. Our life is like, pool, another pool, splash pad, another pool, no sleep. And it has really, uh, really taken a toll on my daughter's skin. But the soap and the lotion that we have gotten from products by Lizzie has really, really helped. We are so excited. She has everything that you could want for your skin, from bar soap, body wash, essential oil, and the yummiest smelling shea butter cream that I've ever smelled. We got the vanilla cheesecake one. It is heaven. And lately I've been trying to make an effort in my life to buy from small businesses, to support black owned businesses, and I'm so happy to give Products by Lizzie my business and I couldn't be more thrilled from what we've tried so far. If you would like to try them for yourself, go to productsbylizzie.com and use my code Chat" for 10% off. Again, that's promo code Chat" for 10% off. And seriously, I'm telling you, buy the vanilla cheesecake shea butter. You'll thank me later. All right, now on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary, and guys, I'm going to keep this intro super short and sweet because the only thing that Taylor Swift loves more than Joe Alwyn is a copyright claim, and I don't want to get flagged. But today, we are joined by Brandon Lynn Haynes to celebrate the one-year folklore anniversary. Can you believe that's been a year? I can't. Anyway, we're going to talk about folklore, and we did for like two hours, but before that happens, I briefly talked about Britney Spears, I briefly talked about Kourtney Kardashian, and... I need someone to tell me why Loki is hot. So we talked about that too. So stay tuned. It should be a good one. Hello. Okay. So this is going to be a very fun episode. I'm very excited. I feel a little ridiculous because you have all probably by now have seen the runtime for this episode of I just want to chat. And you're probably thinking Mary has uh, lost her mind. And I think I have. Brandilyn, Haynes, and I had a very long, very in-depth discussion about folklore. And I'll put it on at the end of this episode. And I probably won't even talk about this much, that much, right now. Um, But I just wanted to be able to appeal to the masses and talk about something other than folklore. Just in case that's like, you know, not everybody's cup of tea. And ironically, uh, Brandilyn and I were only supposed to talk about folklore... When I asked her to do it, I was like, would you mind coming on and talking about folklore just for like 20 minutes? And I thought it'd just be like a fun segment, like folklore a year later. Wow, it's changed our lives. And then um, we talked for uh, two hours. So there's that. You're welcome. So if you like the album Folklore, you'll really like the chat. But I will say, if you like don't like folklore, if you haven't listened to folklore, listen to... You've all listened to folklore, but if you don't like it, or if you don't want to like analyze the songs or like what are they about or whatever, I'm giving you permission to uh just uh check out a different episode or go uh listen to a different podcast or something. I actually saw that um I heard that Oprah's armchair chair expert with uh, Dak Shepard was very good. And when I went to look that one up, I saw that Quentin Tarantino was on Armchair Expert like the week before. And Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorite people to listen to in interviews because he's like so crazy and full of himself. I don't know if I'm allowed to call him crazy. And it's very funny to listen to him be interviewed because it's like the most manic crazy like every single time he's interviewed by anybody it's like a war of words and it's like he's trying to get out like 40 words per five seconds so go check that one out too um there you go there's some recommendations to listen to a different podcast other than my own but so there's going to be a folklore chat at the end of this episode but really quick I just wanted to talk about two things that have been on my mind this week two things that I have addressed on my Instagram story a little bit. Number one is this week we got a couple updates about Britney Spears. Not a couple updates. I mean, she did testify in court. It was a little different this time. Like we didn't get the audio and it seemed like it was mainly like a procedural. That's one of those words that's like really hard for me to say. And I knew when I was about to say it that I shouldn't choose to say it because I was going to mumble my way through it. But you know what I mean. Anyway. It was just a piece of procedure. Um, about changing her legal representation. Changing her lawyer. And it seems good. Like it seems like things are pointing in the right direction. There's a possibility that she might be posting things on her Instagram now. I still... I feel like all of us can kind of figure out, for the most part, what's going on with this Britney thing, especially if you're following House and Habit, even though that's kind of going off the rails. Have you guys been following ha- House and Habit? She's been like the boots on the ground Britney reporter through this whole thing. That's been amazing. But things are like getting a little shaky with it. Do you all know what I mean? There's a thread about it in our Facebook group. Anyway, everything's been pretty cut and dry. It's like everybody needs to. Band together, we all want to free Britney. But the Instagram account is the only thing that we don't have answers for. Because it makes no sense that, like, Britney Spears says that she, in court this last week, she said that she doesn't even have her, like, new lawyer's phone number and, like, doesn't have a way to get to her lawyer's phone number. So there's no way that she has access to her Instagram account, especially in a time like this. And now there's, like, so much uh, cross-referencing Showing, like, things that Jamie Lynn has posted. And then, like, the same wording is in Britney posts later on. I don't know. But then there was that whole tiff with her and Jamie Lynn. And maybe, possibly, this thing written by Britney posted on Britney's Instagram. It all doesn't make sense. But my Britney thoughts this week are, don't trust anybody. I'm getting really pissed off that... Out of the woodwork is coming all of these celebra- celebrities, saying that they've known that things have been so bad with Britney all along. Oh, back in in 2014, I knew that things were bad. Back in 2013, you know, we worked together, and I could just tell that her dad like scared her. Then where were you? That's the thing. Like Will I Am did this whole interview where he's like, "I have notes." Because we like did a writing session together and she said that she felt trapped and she just like needed to escape. And and I knew that her dad scared her and she was in a bad situation and and it was just really bad. And there was a difference between pre-conservatorship and post-conservatorship, Brittany. And it's just like, then where were you, Will? I am. Where were you, AJ McLean from uh, McLean? From Backstreet Boys you know who I'm talking about or maybe you don't AJ from the Backstreet Boys he's not the notable Backstreet Boy. you might not know of him but he's in the Backstreet Boys anyway he's coming out and saying like oh like we need to rally around Britney I've been trying to get people to do this for years no you haven't because if you have then we would have all heard about it you would have been like on the front lines in the Free Britney movement people have been doing this for a very long time trying to bring attention to this Iggy Azalea has come out and said that you know her work experiences with Britney Spears in like the 2015 range had bizarre elements. And I do give Iggy Azalea the benefit of the doubt, which is a weird sentence to say. But it seems like she thought that her NDA was more binding than it actually was. So now she's able to say things. So I do understand that. And now she's like joining the front lines. But all these people coming out of the woodwork, radio DJs, music producers, even paparazzi from back in the day of like oh yeah like I knew that things were really bad and we were all talking about it like me and the other paparazzi okay so while you stalked this person and and again like work is work I consume paparazzi content I'm not above it but like as you stalk this person and you know that she's in trouble like one paparazzi um paparazzo what what what's the what's the singular paparazzi is it still paparazzi um one paparazzi said, like they knew that she was in trouble, and they felt like she was being abused, and they felt that back back in the day. And did they say anything? No, they didn't. But did they continue to sell her photos for eighty thousand dollars per photo? You you bet they did. They definitely did. So anyway, so that's like kind of my Britney thought this week is keep a eye. On all of the people who are coming out and saying things like I've known all along. It's been this way for a long time. Um, It seems like Sam Lefty, who is somebody who I remember when all the Britney stuff was going on and I was following it on like PerezHilton.com. Perez Hilton had like a bad nickname for him. He always seemed like this like evil guy. The tabloids kind of painted him as this evil guy. But House and Habit has been like coming back with the receipts where it's like Sam Lufty has been like talking to TMZ for a very long time trying to get like the word out saying like what Britney Spears is going through right now like is not okay nobody's realizing the gravity of what she's going through. So he might be a comrade in a uh, in the free Britney movement so maybe we can kind of trust him as he's starting to like talk more. He's been talking to House and Habit. But also Take it with a grain of salt, too, because he's somebody that, like, clung on to Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton and just tried to, like, ride their fame wave. Like, I don't even know what his occupation ever was, but he was just, like, involved for some reason. Anyway, trust nobody. Which brings us to our next subject. We need to talk about something, guys. I don't get it. Everyone's talking about how hot Loki is. And at first I was like, okay, they're talking about Tom Hiddleston. But no, it appears that everybody is talking about the character, the comic book character Loki, aside from Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston has often confused me. Taylor Swift was ready to wreck her life for Tom Hiddleston. Until she wrecked his, you know. And again, I've said this before, no one's been as disrespected in any Taylor Swift song other than John Mayer than than Tom Hiddleston has. She takes every opportunity that she can in song to call him old. Call him old. He was so old. Um, She loves to disrespect him. And maybe that's what I'm doing now, too, because I don't get it. I don't get it. Somebody, I will Venmo somebody five bucks if they can explain to me in detail what the hype is about. Because I've been watching Loki and I just don't get it. I don't get it. I almost think that he's anti-attractive. Is that is that a thing? Like I feel like it's I I'm so not into it. And I'm so other than me being the lead single off of Lover, it's The Taylor Swift choice that I question the most, I think. I will say, I did see this one clip of Tom Hiddleston reading, like, math equations. And I was like, okay, maybe I can kind of see it for that. But the clip was short. So the feeling was short-lived. I'll share that on my story notes on my Instagram story today. (laughs) I'm saying today. But I'm really recording this at uh, 1238 p.m. Well, a.m. Technically, it is today. It is Tuesday. Anyway. Whenever you're listening to this, I'll post this on Tuesday, the 20th of July. In my Instagram story, there is a clip of him reading mathematic equations. And for a minute, I did get it. I was like, okay, he has a handsome British voice. Normally, tall, lanky white men do it for me. But I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it with Tom Hiddleston. Anyway... That's really all I have to chat about today. There wasn't anything that notable happening in the pop culture world this week. Um, Kourtney Kardashian might be engaged, might be pregnant. I think maybe engaged, probably not pregnant. My friend JC, she posted about this, and so I think that I have the authority to report on it. She claims that she saw Kourtney Kardashian over the weekend. She was at like some like fight thing in Vegas. She claims that she saw Kourtney or- kourtney kardashian like not drink um so while like everybody else around her was drinking so maybe that could mean pregnant time's probably a ticking if they're going to do it but i kind of feel like it would be an odd move like i could see them getting married i said in the last episode i think travis barker and kourtney kardashian will be broken up or engaged by september that's pretty much undeniable to me they're burning too hot too fast So that will happen. But I kind of feel like they both have kids that are grown. I mean, rain is like five and Alabama is like 13 or something by now. I don't think that they need or want to like start over with a new baby. I think that they'll just kind of co-parent and blend their families and they don't, they don't need to probably anyway. But I do think that they will get engaged soon if they're not already or they will break up and, uh, I think we'll be sad, but I think that the E! News Instagram account will thrive like it's never thrived before because, boy, are they having fun with this relationship. If you've been following E! News on Instagram, you know that this is the best thing that's ever happened to them. Anyway, I'm going to, at this point, splice in the conversation that I had with Brandolyn Haynes. And again, Brandolyn is delightful. I am so excited that I got to talk to her because I feel like she's the only person that's kind of... Not the only person, but you know, one of the only people easily accessible to me that is like on my level about Taylor Swift. Because sometimes I talk to people about Taylor Swift and then I like unload on them and they're like, whoa, I just wanted to tell you that I like the song August. And I'm like, oh, is it cool that I said all that? (laughs) Haha, get it? Anyway, but with Brandon Lynn, it was not that way. And she has many smart insights. And she's just a smart person. She's, uh, you know, very into words and the English language she's a former uh creative writing professor teacher I don't know it, it, professor I don't know what I why I would say teacher anyway it's all the same it's all the same I didn't go to college did you guys know that so I don't know uh the terms clearly I'm not a smart person with words but Brandolyn is and for that reason alone enjoy the interview all right everybody I'm so excited we should all be so excited because I am talking to Brandolyn Hayes, Haynes, which is so embarrassing that I just messed it up because we clarified it just seconds ago, <laughs> just seconds before we started recording. And here I am again, messing it up. But I'm here with Brandolyn. Brandolyn, hello. Hi. Hi, Mary. Hi. I am so glad that you're able to do this because when I had the idea for a Folklore anniversary episode, one person came to my mind.
1: You Two go. people came
0: to my mind. Taylor Swift herself and you. <laughs>
1: You have a lot of choices when you fly, and I'm grateful that you chose me today because I I know everyone thinks that they're like their favorite artist's number one fan. I genuinely do think I'm Taylor Swift's biggest fan, even though I know that that's crazy to say. I don't feel that way. Take everybody back
0: to the 1989 tour and your cool experience for that, just for a second. Oh my gosh! Okay, so obviously I wanted to go to
1: 1989 the like the world tour I didn't have anyone who was as excited about it as I was Um, and we also didn't have a lot of like money to spend on tickets so I was like it's fine I'll just miss it but seeing all the social media posts and everything I just like I couldn't not go so two days before or no like a day before right before bought a ticket I just went by myself and I because I was like I just I'm gonna go by myself I don't need anyone to go with me no one else will be as excited as I am So I was sitting by myself before the show started eating my, uh, stadium hot dog and good choice. Thank you. (laughs) Love a hot dog. Love Taylor Swift. Um, and this guy came up to me and started, he, the opening act, um, was playing and which I'm kind of embarrassed. I can't think right now who it was, oh, I do know who it was. It was, um, Vance joy. Oh, fancy. Yeah. And he was like, oh, are you, are you here to to see him and I was like uh no no I'm here to see Taylor Swift but I was kind of like you know I'm here by myself random guy talking to me like please go away anyways I told him I was there by myself I told him I was there to see Taylor Swift and that you know I've been a fan of her since I was a teenager and he was like you know I actually I'm here because I sell tickets to events and I bought my ticket just so I could get a couple pictures and post them to my website and then I'm leaving but I'm um I'm like front row. I'm down in the pit. Uh, do you want to swap tickets with me after the first song and you can go be in the pit? Oh my goodness. Because he was like, I just have one ticket. Like I, j- I came, you know, I came by myself too, but just to take photos like for this event. And so I like burst into tears and I was like, are you serious? It's okay if you're not serious. Like, it's okay if you change your mind and want to stay in watch." I'm just crying in front of you, but if this was all a joke. Like, it's okay. But I watched him. He, as he came out of the pit, he like looked up in the stands and found me. And like pointed at me and like motioned me down. And I just remember like running through the hallway and frantically texting Dave and my mom and being like, I'm going to the pit. I'm going to the pit. And I was like pressed up against the barrier. Like oh
0: my goodness.
1: A lifetime highlight. Experience. I mean, how could it, was, it not be? It was the best night of my life. I, I mean, also my wedding and like the night my children were born, but like mostly 1989.
0: I, I think I would probably prioritize that like the same way. I would probably be like this cool experience and then like all the other like life stuff. I just stood there and cried because it's a concert. I think that there's like magic that happens at Taylor Swift because I've met multiple people where like cool things like that have happened at their shows. Like my friend Allison, she like went with her daughters and their friends and they were dressed up cute and then they're walking in and someone gave them like front row tickets. And
1: and I've just like, I've heard of these stories a lot. So I feel like. Yes. And I just feel like there was such a camaraderie. Like no one was like one upping each other with like who was a bigger fan or who like everyone there I felt like was just so excited for the concert and it was so cool like ev- it was just so fun such a cool energy love Swifties at,
0: at Taylor Swift concerts it doesn't matter who the bigger fan is but on the I just want to chat podcast we're out for blood tonight Brandilyn are you excited okay. yes I'm ready okay brace yourself <laughs> okay just kidding it's I'm not right. a competition but you know
1: we like, will be it keeping score and that's yes. fine <laughs> um, so
0: take me back. It's July 23rd. The it's
1: world 23rd. has been
0: the world has been ravaged by the coronavirus. You've been yeah. inside your house for a long time. You have not felt joy. You have not felt the emotion joy
1: in like for at least
0: months. yeah, four months.
1: I'm laying in bed.
0: You wake up, you grab your phone, walk me through it.
1: I see the black and white post and I'm like. What is this? Taylor Swift is posting, what is this? Immediately, head to toe tingles. Well, and the like first of all, I'm like, oh my gosh, new music is coming. Just that in itself is an overwhelming emotion. Yes. And then seeing that, like, you know, you kind of like zero in on the part of the post where it's like available tonight. Like, not only is there new music coming, I do not have to wait, but hours to hear it. Like you can't even breathe. Like you Mm -hmm. have a feeling you can't even breathe.
0: It was genuinely one of the most like surprised moments of my entire life, I think, because I've always said like, so I'm in, this might shock everybody because I'm in a trillion Facebook groups as everybody knows, (laughs) but I'm in multiple Taylor Swift fan Facebook groups. And people for years were always like, oh, like, I think she dropped this Easter egg and she's going to drop an album tonight. And I've always been like the annoying voice of reason. And they're like, guys, Taylor Swift cares about album sales too much. She cares about like promotion too much. She cares about getting the million sales in a week too much. She is never going to release a surprise album.
1: She's never going to do a lemonade.
0: Yeah, like she's never going to do Beyonce. She's never going to do a Drake. We're not going to get a surprise album. How cool would that be? It's not going to happen. I'm so sorry. So when it happened... I was so shocked. and I think the only more shocked I've ever been was when Evermore
1: came out. Right? Like, we're doing this again. Okay. We're doing this again, but I feel like that ties in so well with the overarching theme of the album where you were like, I think she cares too much about the mm-hmm. album's sales. And I feel like that move of releasing a surprise album was like that it was it, this album was more about the actual like art of creating music. Than it was about the spectacle of creating music,
0: yes, which was a, so cool. I do agree. So, before we get in, so I thought that we would just kind of go like song by song, reflecting on it, like what like made the f- best first impressions, and like you know, as we go through kind of our, our history with how we've liked the song and stuff. Because a lot of them I remember on folklore, I listened to it and I was like, okay, a lot of these sound the same on, on like my first listen, a lot of these yeah. sound the same. But I think that about every record of hers where like, I can't really tell the difference,
1: but I'm always interested when I do a first listen, I always think like, which of these is going to end up being my favorite because I don't even know the first time I listen, you know, like they, like you said, it all kind of blends together and I'm like, I don't really know. And so I'm actually like more excited to do this episode with you a year later than I would have been the next day, you know,
0: 100% because I was like
1: time to process it and have my favorites and have all these connections to these songs
0: yeah because I remember when it came out I even have like a highlight on my Instagram story of my like first week review where I'm like they all kind of sound the same I like it and I do have my favorites but my favorites were the ones that sounded different so like Betty mm-hmm. and um yeah. uh Invisible String no Was not that even that favorites? one why can't I think oh. of it with Bonnie Iver Oh, Exile. Exile. Okay, I wanted to keep calling it Escape. And I'm like, Mary, you're an idiot. And it's no, like one of your you favorite songs. Yeah. The E. Um, and like Peace was like one of my favorites. But other than that, all of them blended together for me. And then in the beginning, I was like, okay, kind of not dig in this not autobiographical new thing. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care about some random girl that lived in the 50s in her house. Like, <laughs> I, I don't care about this made up like love triangle where now- Like the made of love triangle is like one of the greatest love stories of our time.
1: Um, We need it to be a Broadway musical. Yeah. Now I would like donate limbs to, to hear more about Betty and Augusta and James. Yes. So let's just start kind of going through it um,
0: with the one. And I know that you have taken extensive notes. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) so tell me your thoughts about the song, the one. How did it feel in the beginning? How do you like it now? What stands out, etc.?
1: Okay, so the one I think is my favorite album opener of hers historically. I love the one as an album opener. I love, I love the first line. Um, I feel like it was, I love it as an album opener. And I feel like it just set the tone for the whole album in a really beautiful way. I also love that it's kind of about um, reflecting on a relationship that's ended and I feel like that fits with the fact that all of her previous albums have been autobiographical and it felt like she's like saying goodbye to those and like looking like we're moving on 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 now yes and then now we look forward
0: yes amen I so at first this wasn't one of my favorites but now and honestly, I don't think I even really appreciated it until, like, five months ago or so. Like, it took me a bit. But now it is one of my favorite album openers. I still think that State of Grace, opening Red, I think that that's kind of going to forever be, like, iconic to me as, like, yeah. an album opener. And then we have, like, the imagery from, like, the stage show and all that. But, yes, yeah. But I... I mean, I disagree with everything. I just agree. It sounds like I said, I disagree. Oh. That's not true. <laughs> I just agree. You can
1: disagree with me. What that's the?
0: fine. <laughs> oh, that will probably come later.
1: Um, You're entitled but to I- your wrong opinion.
0: <laughs> but that'll probably come next song. But as of right now, I agree. And um, over the last couple months, people have I mean, people always will throw in, like, I think the song is about this person. I think this song is about this person. One of my only talents is knowing, like, who every song is about. And people love to attach Harry Styles, like, to every song. Like, people are like, Champ- Champagne Problems is about Harry, where it's like, it's not. It's not yeah. about Harry Styles. Would be cool if true, but it's not. But it's but, not, yeah. But this one, I actually, if it's going, if any song recently is going to be about Harry Styles, I think it would be this one. Really? It's- Especially because I was just watching this video. I'll share it on the I just want to chat Instagram for like the listening notes tomorrow. But um, she was talking about the song style, which as we know is about Harry Styles. Yes. And she's talking about how there will always be that one in your life where like the, the relationship's over, but it really could have been something and it could have really gone somewhere. And you'll always have that one. And then the interviewer says like, Do you have that person in your life? And she goes, "Everyone has that one." And she even says the one multiple times, so you know this is kind of like a theme that she's been thinking about for a long time.
1: Yes, yeah. And then just like that,
0: and then just like the words, you know, kind of kind of fit in with it. So if anything is going to be about Harry, it will probably be this one.
1: You think it's the one? Yes, this is the one
0: about Harry. The one. (laughs) This would be the one.
1: (laughs) Okay, I want to know why you think we're going to disagree about cardigan.
0: Because I don't love it.
1: Oh, no. Okay. We're going to agree about cardigan. <laughs> oh my goodness. This never happens. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I do like cardigan, but of the three about Betty James and Augusta, it's my least favorite. Yes. Um, actually, my note on this one says, do I suck if I love Augusta in this triangle? Like, yes. It's, it's not my favorite of the, tri- of the three, I think. And I, I, it's probably because I love August so much Um, the song August not August the person I mean you know the month
0: you're super passionate
1: I am all about the month of August Uh, Uh, but yeah it's my least favorite of those three it's not my least favorite on the album but it's my least favorite of the of their story
0: yeah and I yet again historically The only good thing about... Okay, I like Cardigan now. It has grown on me. I don't hate it anymore. It used to be an always skip. It was my only skip of the album. And now I do listen to it. But...
1: um, Cardigan was your only skip of the album? From, like, March on. Interesting. Probably. Because
0: I would typically skip the one for a while. And then I would skip Hoax, which I know that we will disagree about. And we'll get to that later. That's fine. But... Yeah, so I would like skip cardigan, but it does fit in with the theme of her always picking sucky for singles. I know. Like these singles, I know. it really does. Don't show like August was right there. Exile. Well, I mean, I guess she doesn't want yeah. to lead with like a duet, but like August was right there. Betty was right there. Was Invisible right String was right there. I wonder if Betty couldn't be it though because of the f bomb. Oh, probably. And it doesn't but... pack the same punch on the edited version.
1: No, it doesn't. No, even because she has the live version where she says, and we can, I guess we can talk about this when we get to Betty, but she has the live version when she says, would you tell me to go straight to hell? That one doesn't Mm -hmm. pack the same bunch. And then even on the long pond where they just bleep out that one split second of the F word, it still does not pack the same. It does
0: not hit the same. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Betty couldn't have been it. Um, But But even the one, the one would have been a really good opening. Yeah, I think the one would have been a great
1: first single.
0: Yeah. But I think everybody, if you were judging it on Cardigan and you weren't a Taylor Swift fan and you're like, this is the lead single, am I going to check out the rest of the album? It just doesn't even fit in the album totally. And not to say that's a bad song and it has grown on me now and I don't skip it anymore. And I do think it's some of her best lyric writing. Yeah, I think
1: the whole album is some of her best lyric writing and Cardigan really does have some really lovely lines but so many songs in the album have really lovely lines so like that's not I wouldn't put it as a single just because there are good lines because I think there are other songs in the album that have lines that are just as powerful Mm
0: -hmm. and also I wouldn't put it as a track 2 either because like in the past her track 2's have been like Blank Space, Cruel Summer Uh um I mean Endgame but we don't need to talk about reputa- reputation. Red um I'm trying to think of the other ones but historically mm-hmm. I think mine was the second song on Speak Now. The yeah. second song's have just been I don't, I don't know it was an odd choice. It was an odd choice but yeah
2: whatever.
1: Yeah. Not my favorite it's fine. Yeah. But it, yeah and like I said it's for sure my least favorite of the trilogy. I love the line. I was just before we got on the call watching the grimy performance which is like oh my gosh my favorite taylor swift live performance maybe mm-hmm. of all time
0: amazing
1: um on the line the leaving like a father running like water it's like oh that's so
0: good it's like so she good knew what bad. she was doing with that one.
1: Oh my gosh she's our girls our girl's a master yeah.
0: like you know that clip it's really popular on tiktok right now but it's of them riding getaway car yeah yeah by the way in my opinion i think that they staged that video i'm just saying oh you think i i think that they did come up with it and maybe they had a moment like that when they were writing it oh and then they like reenacted it yeah but it was just like full sentences coming out and like taylor swift is so many things but just like whenever she tries to act it just never really works out and she just kind of like
1: um i'm sorry have you seen valentine's day
0: I'm so sorry that I disrespected the Taylor Lautner feature film, (laughs) Valentine's Day. But yeah, when she like tries to act, she just kind of takes on like a different cadence and different, I don't know. So that's my hot take. That's my hot take of the episode. I'm not supposed to it. That that clip is staged. I think that clip is staged. It probably went down very similar to that in the moment, but just the fact that they had full on sentences, I, I don't, I don't know. But anyway-
1: It makes for a great TikTok sound, though. Yes,
0: great TikTok sound.
1: And I can't even remember
0: how I got on that tangent. But I bet you when she wrote that, leaving like a father, running like water, it was a similar thing where it's just like, ah,
1: can't believe I just did that. There it is, Yes, yes. Like lightning out of the fingertips, yeah. Yes.
0: So next we have Last Great American Dynasty. Yes. Tell me how you feel. Not my favorite. Yeah, not, it's another one that has grown on me. Yeah, But later on when we like kind of make our edits from the album, I think it will definitely be like left on the cutting room floor. Like I don't need it.
1: So the thing, the only thing that made me, not the only thing, but the the Long Pond um, conversation about this song made me like it more because she joked about the country music songwriting device of having like a whole story and then at the end you're like and I was their daughter or you know she has this moment in last Mm -hmm. great American dynasty where she goes like and then I bought the house for, you know Rebecca Harkness
0: and it's a fine and
1: it's a fine story and I love the track yes and I've heard her say in interviews that she's like obsessed with the story of that house and all of her friends who have visited her multiple times are like oh my gosh Taylor has to do the tour again of like you know mm-hmm. storytelling about this house here we go again kind of thing like she she's very she's kind of like self-deprecating about that um so i love that she made it into a song since it's something that she loves so much or you know that she connects with that story um but i really was kind of meh about it until she pointed out that what a classic country music thing mm-hmm. that was to kind of insert yourself there at the end and kind of be like, ha ah. And that made me like it a little bit more. Yes, and there was a solid, like, I want
0: to say week where the Rebecca wrote up was like stuck in my head. And I'm so sorry to anybody that's listening to this. I'm going to have to like tone that down. I did not do that at an appropriate volume for podcasting, but the up, like for some reason that was stuck in my head for a week straight. And then I fell in love with the song. I could see that. Yeah. So you love this one. I mean, okay, maybe I shouldn't say love. I do like it and I don't skip it. My kids like it. So I feel like I listen to it more often than other ones. And I kind of just wish that the track was written about anything else. Like give me another love triangle song instead of cardigan. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I, I
1: had to mute to cough for a second.
0: I should have muted when I did the Rebecca wrote up part, um, but but
1: regret. I don't think it was as harsh as you thought it was.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll ask, we'll ask the public what they think. Okay. Um, so any other thoughts about Last Great American Dynasty? Um, no, mostly just because I'm excited to talk about exile. <laughs> One more thing about Last Great American Dynasty. I do appreciate the fact that it could be our gateway to a Taylor Swift jukebox musical slash Taylor Swift's Chance at a Tony. I think okay. she has a couple avenues to take. I definitely would recommend that she takes the Augusta James yes. uh, Love Triangle. It makes that into the big musical, you know?
1: But then does like Augusta turn into Rebecca Harkness like later well, in life?
0: I'm just saying one or the other. I'm saying she made
2: oh
0: okay she, she's drawn two very like different stories here and if we're yes. going to get a big broadway show i think it could yeah. possibly be that one
1: well i people... love the idea of it being about the triangle i love the idea of augusta growing up into the last grade of like into rebecca harkness i would love a okay so when did rebecca and then, harkness... like a nobody no crime at like she actually killed her husband and then now she's Up in the holiday house,
0: yes. So you cut out that together. You cut out for a bit, but then it just popped back up with "murdered my husband, no body, no crime." And you know what? I'm just gonna let everybody fill in the blanks. Okay, I I mean,
1: I do want to hear your thoughts. Way (laughs) musical,
0: just because it sounded really fun, like love triangle, murdered her husband. Um, but wait, do you want to like um? I feel bad though because now I feel like I'm like cutting you off. It was just a joke, but if you want to repeat yourself, I definitely no, want to hear fine. it. Okay, it's we'll really just, fine. Okay. It will be a mystery. It goes from love triangle to murder, real quick.
1: And that's the Taylor Swift Broadway musical.
0: Yes. I um, am very excited to talk about Exile. One of her best. I was One of her say, best. You
1: love it, right?
0: I love Exile. And I'm a longtime Bonnie Bear fan.
1: Yes. I it's I know, I feel like exile is like the darling of the album. Yes. The, Bonnie Bear's part that he wrote, the step right out, is my least favorite part of the song, mm-hmm. which I feel conflicted by because I feel like that's everyone's you know favorite part of the song because it's such a strong. I you know, Bonnie Bear moment in the song,
0: like maybe this is apples and oranges, but. If I have to take Bonnie Vera's bridge from Exile or Evermore, I'll definitely take the Exile one because the Evermore one like jars me every time.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm with you. Like each time I'm like, uh, what? What, What's going on here? Um, But it doesn't, I feel like really like the song lyrically. And then that part always kind of. It kind of just, jar- and maybe it's the tone of the bridge. It's just not my favorite part of the song. And I feel like it's the part of the song that, that makes people love it so much. So I always feel conflicted about that. I I
0: really like it c- just because I like like the song in general. But yeah. in the Long Pond sessions, when they were talking about how first Joe wrote a part and then Taylor wrote a part, and then Bonnie Iver wrote on this like extra little thing, it's very clear that this was like three people writing this one song
1: yes I agree
0: like like it's like oh but I'm gonna tack this onto it um yes and it's just not one I don't want to say cohesive because it all does sound good I really love the song like I shouldn't be nitpicking but
1: well I I think it should sound like it's from different points of view like she Mm -hmm. said that it was very obviously a duet um and so I agree with like that but like you said where you can tell the there's a third too is yeah it's a bit jarring jarring it's not my favorite part did you know that
0: joe alwyn initially didn't win the grammy like they initially didn't put him on the album for the grammy but then recently like i think like two months ago maybe even more recent than that they changed his name from the pseudonym to to Joe Alwyn and then he won the Grammy retroactively oh I did not know that go Joe yeah which makes me just kind of wonder why why any of it right
1: like why the pseudonym in the first place
0: yeah like if they were just going to
1: reveal it Taylor
0: Swift does love a pseudonym and she does love keeping the dig alive for like a couple months and then giving it up
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: so maybe once
1: they realized that like yeah he wouldn't have like get a grammy mm -hmm. and then it was like okay come on he deserves that
0: well and everybody knew it was him pretty much anyway
1: i feel like immediately yeah even um i think it was in the initial post like the reveal of the album she said william bowery Mm -hmm. and And they everyone was like oh that has to be joe
0: and the Bowery was like a place where they had notably met yes. before the dive bar on the west side from, uh, what's it called? Delicate. Yeah, from Delicate. Like it all like lines up. So everybody knew William Bowery yeah. was probably definitely him. And then the review in, in uh, Folklore or in Long Pond, it's kind of one of those moments again where I'm like, you know when Taylor Swift is acting. Like it's just not one of her
1: strong suits and Again, have you seen Valentine? <laughs> i'm not going to drop that joke <laughs> i i need you to keep
0: bringing it up so then i can keep thinking about um bradley cooper in a cute way oh wait wait was he in that one or was he in he's just not that into
1: you well and he's just not that into you he's the villain
0: wait he was in both
1: I have I honestly haven't seen Valentine's Day recently, but I have seen. He's just not that into you recently, and he's the villain, and he's just not that into you.
0: I think he was sitting next to Julia Roberts on the flight, on the plane, on Val- the plane. I do remember. Yeah. And okay, Brand. I just got to say that if you had seen Valentine's Day recently, you probably wouldn't be defending it as a, uh, you know, ardently as you are now.
1: I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. All right. Agree to disagree. Because you know what it's been uh it's been years since I saw any number of masterpieces I was gonna say Schindler's List and then I was like (laughs) I can't I can't do that I can't even take that joke seriously but I still know it's one of the greatest films of all time and I haven't seen Valentine's Day okay have you
0: have you seen Starstruck yet on HBO no Okay, it is the perfect show. This is a tangent, especially because I talked about it on like a recent episode. It's like one of those British ones that's like six episodes long. They're 20 minutes each each. It's essentially a movie. It is candy. It is the it's a perfect rom-com show. But Ooh, okay. I'm gonna look it up. you have to watch it like immediately. And like the stars of it are like not typical. People that you normally see in a rom-com, so it's just like so much more engaging, and like the girl is so funny and so beautiful, and the lead is so handsome, and I love it all. Anyway, but there's a funny joke in it where she like works at a movie theater, and it's like they have their favorite movies on their name tags, and her says Schindler's List, and and it's like an icebreaker for her. It's really funny. Anyway, watch Starstruck on HBO, guys. Thanks. And that leads it's us.
1: Cast sponsored yeah.
0: by. Star Trek on HBO I wish because I definitely have given them enough uh you know enough praise actually I don't think enough praise is enough for this show I think I could talk about it once a day and it wouldn't be overkill yeah it's perfect it's a perfect show check it out anyway now on to uh darker news okay let's
1: talk about track five let's talk about track five because I don't even think I really registered the first time I heard this song that it was track
2: five
1: Mm -hmm. um I like because normally there's so much hype around track five or you know since red there has been but with this one it wasn't as much I don't feel like there was that like oh my gosh what's track five gonna be what's track five so I think I even I had a few listens before I was like oh wait two shark is track five and And it is like to it again oh sorry go on oh, I just had to listen to it again, like with the, the track five mindset, you know?
0: Yes. Like this is Taylor telling us what she wants us to hear right now. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, I think in the grand scheme of track fives, obviously like we could just take all too well out of the conversation, I guess.
1: Yeah, because you have to. Yeah. Because like you can't because really otherwise compare. you're going to spend this whole conversation being like, aside from. Yes. Yeah. So taking that out in place too. yeah, yeah,
0: taking that out of the conversation because it's untouchable. I not the song untouchable but the 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 word. Yes. Um, right. I think it's probably one of my favorite track fives. that or dear John.
1: Oh gosh, dear John, there are I was gonna say track fives are a breed. I think. Yeah. So I don't like the very first line for some reason, like the "We gather here." We, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna sing that first line. I don't love it, and so for a long time I was like, Ugh, "I don't know about this song," but I love the rest of the song. I just don't really love the like the way that first line hits for some reason. Mm-hmm.
0: That first line, just uh, what's called like just came through to me like literally two weeks ago like the correct lyrics because I always thought it was like we've been in a sunlit room instead of of weeping so I always thought that she was saying like we've been in a sunlit room like we've been in a nice place but now
2: and now
1: and now weeping doesn't pack the same punch to me to be honest I was gonna actually I feel like we've been in a sunlit room Okay. Interesting. Do
0: you, do you wanted to say right here on the record that I might be a better songwriter than Taylor Swift? Is that what we can agree I, on right now?
1: Like have, have people been spreading that rumor a little bit? Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there's kind of been talk of
0: that. Yes. It's, so I mean, people talk about great songwriters and it's like Bob Dylan, Mary Arndt.
1: Yeah.
0: Taylor yeah. Swift. Everyone's
1: like, you know, have you heard, listen to the, I just want to chat podcast It's poetry and um, yes. Anyway, but modern, modern storytelling.
0: Yes. Before we get too deep into this, uh, hypothetical joke, my tears ricochet. Let's talk about it,
1: but okay. So when I was taking notes, I would like every now and then like write down my favorite line from the song, but this one literally has like 15 favorite songs. I love the, but you would still miss me in your bones. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one is just such a beautiful and like the exact moment in the song where it comes, the kind of power that she sings it with, um, the, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. So the battleships will sink beneath the waves. Ugh, like, the, I it's so beautiful. It's starting I, to finish. It's so beautiful.
0: I think it's some of her strongest songwriting ever. For sure. Yeah. And it's... um, I think it's one of the ones... There's three songs from the Long Pond sessions where I didn't really appreciate them as I should have until the Long Pond sessions. And then uh-huh. when that happened, I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I get these ones. And it's My Tears Ricochet, Mirrorball, and This Is Me Trying. I was just
1: going to say Mirrorball was that for me. Like yes. watching... Mirrorball and Long Pond. I was like, oh, I get it now. And it's a good song.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: it's just so
0: sad. And just knowing everything that we know, and knowing the Scooter Braun of it all. I know. And, and I know that this one isn't even about Scooter, but just
1: that but he was still, so wrapped line, up in it. I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace. Like, mm-hmm. I just... Yeah.
0: And I just can never... So with her whole master's thing, I have gone back and forth a little bit because it's like you, she did sign something and she made an agreement and she knew going into it, even though she like signed it when she was younger, the Swift family was incredibly wealthy. I'm sure they had a lot of lawyers look over everything, but so for a little bit, I was like, okay, I understand that she's upset and this is a messed up system. But it's the agreement that she made, and it sucks. But then the more that I thought about it, and then the more details that came out, where it's like she did try to do it honestly. She did try to buy the music back. Yeah. Scott Bruschetta said, "No, I'm not going to let you buy it, and then let Scooter Braun buy it for the amount that Taylor Swift was offering." Is just so effed up, and I'll never be able to get over it.
1: Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. I My, I the hate the first part because I'm always Team Taylor. <laughs>
0: Um, you're stronger than I, you're stronger than I, I, um, should just always be team tailored no matter what. Um, so track seven note
1: taker. Oh, is we know we need track six. Oh yeah. Mirror ball. Mirror Kind of just mentioned about how the yeah. long pond made me like it more. Mm-hmm. That was, um, okay. So I had a note here that Mirrorball was like, a like a very self and okay i have to like pause and phrase this a song that is self-aware of the album itself Mm -hmm. like the whole song is about like the you know they shut down the circus and sent the rodeo clowns home and i'm you know i'm still here you know trying to like get you to notice me uh which i thought was so i don't know funny sad yes generous you know, everyone else was like totally shut down, and then Taylor Swift's like creating a recording studio in her apartment, her apartment, her fortress, like her fourth yeah, thank you, <laughs> her luxury penthouse. Um. Uh, like doing frantically whatever she can to, to entertain us. Um, and I don't think that I know that didn't click with me until I saw Long Pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also said that when she wrote the line, I've never been a natural, all I do is try, 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 that she felt like it. Like she was like, ooh, could I, can I write that? Or is that like too true, I guess? Does yeah. It like hit too close. And that I feel like is such a human moment for her. And for, it's, you know, just.
0: Such a human moment, but also such like a proof that she's always, even when it seems like Taylor Swift, the person has been like out of touch or has like done moves in public where we're kind of like, Taylor, why Why did you do that? I don't think that anyone is like as self-aware as she is. And I think yeah. that she, she knows the criticism that's levied against her. And I yeah. think now she's just kind of like in a mode of just embracing it where she's like, they're going to say whatever they want about me. Like, I think that that's why yeah. other than like the Coke show, like the Coca-Cola Pepsi contract of it all, I will mm-hmm. never see her do a super bowl. Cause she's like, I'll never win. Like if I do a super bowl thing, then people are just going to tear it apart. Yeah. And, and I feel like that line, I don't think we've ever heard her be as self-aware and also just like taking the criticism that people give to her and be like,
1: yeah, I freaking know. I am this I way. Know, right? Yeah. It makes me think it reminds me of that part in the reputation documentary. Um, when she leaves her house and there's like all the fans screaming and you know the camera follows her as she loads up in her car and she's driving away and she turns and looks at the camera and says I'm highly aware that that's not normal
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that that's like kind of how that this like feels to me like I know this is I don't don't know what about it (laughs)
0: hey but I will say I am
1: still you know
0: I will say, like, my overall mirror ball rating is, like, it's fine. I, again, like, ones that I will leave on the cutting room floor, even as, like, lyrically impactful it is at moments, probably, mm-hmm. like, wouldn't make the cut for me if I'm, like, only choosing 10, you know?
1: Right. It definitely wasn't a first-listen favorite for me. And, like, with Tears Ricochet, I think, hearing more about it, which is, I don't why I loved the long pond format in general and same with like tiny desk concerts because I'm I don't make music I don't know enough to like fully appreciate it so when I hear more about the process more about like behind the scenes like someone explains to me why it's good and then I'm like oh like oh yes this makes sense I do agree yes yes this Mm -hmm. is good so that's kind of how that one was to me where it was like explain to me why it was good and then I saw that it was good Yeah, I I agree. I
0: I just lost my train of thought, to be honest. I I was just like, yeah, like I do think that because I um just before Long Pond, I would have just skipped it. I never I never um pieced together the like the rodeo clowns and all that. Like I never like pieced Mm -hmm. together like the symbolism. But then after that I appreciated it, but i don't know not a fave but good job taylor it's good taylor and jackie did it again good job did it
1: again yeah dogs dang it
0: um okay next we have seven there's
1: not much to say really no i have a list of songs that have the same well taylor stuff loves a kid track yes so I had this list that I was like, so then I started looking over like the complete Taylor Swift song list and was like, she has a lot where like, what are they all she has? Cause it's a lot, like, it's nice to have a friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It made me think of Mary's song, best day, never grow up. Um, like maybe not as much, never grow up. Even but like she, a little
0: bit of like, soon you'll get better vibes.
1: Yes. Yeah. I feel like. And I love how nostalgic and like fond she is of that childhood innocence. And like, I love the way she talks about her childhood, that it was very idyllic and she speaks so fondly of it. Um, mm-hmm. And even though like Seven is sad, I feel like it still kind of comes out that like, that nostalgic, idyllic mm-hmm. feeling that she likes. That, like- that I feel like we see a lot in her in her song or in her albums.
0: Yeah, like I think it is sad, and I think it's a good song. I do listen to it a lot. I don't even know if I would cut it. Like I do like the the bridge is amazing. The um, I've been meaning to tell you that your house is haunted. All that yes. like, and that's I, why your dad's always mad. Yeah, I really love that. I think that that was the most disappointing part of the Long Pond sessions. Like when it came up to be that song, I almost like braced myself, and I was like, okay, she's going to finally explain what like seven is about. She's going to tell us what was going on. And then she just kind of gave a brief of, overview where it's like, yeah, like when did we start acting civilized? Yeah. Like, she, that, I was like, is that all that we're getting here? Like this is the she most confusing song. literally just about one line. Yeah. Um,
1: The before I learned civility. And mm-hmm. she, yeah, she didn't really elaborate on it any more than that.
0: I know. I, I, I needed more. That was my... Well, main disappointment from the long pond sessions but really? anyway that was seven
1: and yeah, then that's seven yeah like you said
0: not much just yeah not, not, not much, much to August right after it yeah because we need some time Ooh. I I'm gonna just let you riff you you go girl I'll nod my head to- I'll nod my head and then I'll hop in because if I try to like converse we're just gonna cut each other off because there's too much to say so you go girl
1: the main thing with my watch of Long Pond today, which I did in preparation for this um time with you, is mostly I was just like struck and I could just feel my heart like wanting to overflow with how much you could feel that Taylor and Jack loved this song. Like I yes. posted on my Instagram, which I'm sure everyone has seen. I've millions of followers (laughs) um like you can just see in the way that they look back and like they look at each other when they play this song like oh they just they love this song and that makes me love it like even more
0: than i I did before i think that the long pond sessions gave the song a second life because people initially liked it and then and it was a it was a crowd favorite for sure. And then the long pond sessions happened. Then everyone just went wild over it. And yes. there were so many memes about like the meet me behind the mall. And everybody loved mm-hmm. watching Jack. And Jack is always just like a memeable Twitter boy, oh gosh, like yes, personality. Anyway, that people love. And I think that that's what really like made it take off because people saw how much fun that they were having when they were performing it. Yeah, and talking about it and. How he like kind of confessed to the Lord Lena Dunham thing in the um the introduction to the song, did you know that? no Tell me okay. about it. so followers of uh Lord, the singer Lord, not, not followers example, of not the a... Lord
1: okay. um, I do not follow Lord the even artist. though like Christians of
0: the world have been known um, <laughs>
1: I do not follow Lord <laughs> the artist i um. I have mad respect for yeah. the lord. Yes. Please <laughs> but- tell me about Jack Antonoff. <laughs> you Ella. want me to
0: you want me to save you real quick. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, Jack Antonoff was dating Lena Dunham for yes. forever. Yeah. Forever. They were both friends with Taylor Swift. Yes. And then Jack Antonoff was becoming um after 1989 he was becoming kind of like the go to Hollywood producer. Yes. Like it was kind of shifting away from Ryan Tedder a little bit because Ryan Tedder used to always be the ringer where people would bring him into his music. But, yeah. and before this, Jack Antonoff was just kind of like the guy that was in fun. Like he wasn't really, yeah. and then he was like Lena Dunham's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But then he does 1989. He gets introduced to Lord through that. And then him and Lord start working on melodrama together. Do you know the album Melodrama? Are you familiar?
1: Not much. Oh, no.
0: you gotta listen. And I swear that this isn't okay. like me being like, you need to listen to Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves, which is something that I did for two years straight.
1: This, Mary, I bought Golden Hour because of you, and then I felt so cool when it won Album of the Year. And I actually like had it and had listened to it because I wouldn't have had you not been talking about it on Twitter so much.
0: I am. I think that that's the best time that my influence has been used for good. Anyone that's listened to golden hour on my um, recommendation. Yeah. I'm so proud.
1: I, but, okay. Is, would it be reaching to say that golden hour one album of the year because of you?
0: I don't think that that's a reach at all. I don't think it's a reach at all. Okay. Um, okay. you heard it first. Yeah, song, that, Golden Hour. That is you accurate. Should listen
1: to it. Yes. Um, watch Starstruck on HBO. Casey Musgraves and the album. Watch, Golden Hour.
0: Yeah, watch Starstruck on HBO and listen to the three-year-old album Golden Hour by Casey <laughs> Musgraves and Melodrama by Lord because this is kind of where the backstory happened. Lord and Jack Antonoff got very, very close, and a lot of the songs on Melodrama were like very intimate and very like. Like, there's a song called Liability, where it's kind of just about kind of just about being, like, the outcast of, or, like, the third wheel. And a lot yeah. of people speculated, like, that's kind of how she felt, like, with Jack. And it's awkward because he produced it. But there's an extensive PowerPoint. Like, you know how it's very popular now to make, like, pop culture PowerPoints. Like, I've even made my own. Yeah. Me and my friends make them when we have, like, friendship meetups. This was, like, the one that began it all. There was a pop culture... Jack Antonoff, Lord, Lena Dunham, in depth PowerPoint that goes over like the whole history. Basically, he was either cheating on or was on break with Lena Dunham, got with Lord, and then this whole thing kind of just like broke up, blew up in his face. Him and Lena Dunham break up. Um, Things with him and Lord go sour. Lord is all heartbroken. Everyone's kind of blaming Jack Antonoff. Um, Lord's album is like delayed for forever. And like, and meanwhile, like his career is only like getting bigger and bigger. Like he, then he starts working like with Lana Del Rey, Dixie Chicks, um, Carly Rae Jep- Jepson. And he becomes kind of like the it boy producer works with Taylor a couple more times. Um, so when they were talking about August, he, in the long pond sessions, he's like the situation, it feels very real to me. And he kind of like admits it on the Long Pond Sessions. There's like a whole TikTok that explains it. And I will post it in the story note stories on Wednesday or on Tuesday. But anyway, that was a long tangent. But one of the coolest things about August is the fact that we got Chuck Antonoff to admit to not exhibiting great behavior to two women that deserved better.
1: Oh, okay. I mean... Oh, I like... Yeah. And that's, like, his song of the trilogy, too, like, and it's the one that's, like, from the... I don't know, jilted woman? Would would jilted be the right word? Um,
0: Like, I think she was definitely the one wronged. Like... Yes. Yeah, like, she was the one wronged. Takes two to tango. At the end of the day, he was the one cheating. She was the participant. I don't know. Yeah.
1: But I love that we saw that like gentler side of a story like that, you know, like you have the, like, can I even bring up the song better than revenge? Like as a as a Taylor mm-hmm. Swift fan, like you have a song like that where it's, I don't know. I feel like you see a lot of, obviously a lot of growth, but like, I love that that's a part of this story now that we see this like gentler side of it where she's like, um, just this like really tender, beautiful. Like the woman. other so woman this is, is not always a yeah.
0: Like was not always a super villain.
1: Yeah, like, and like it was yeah because you were never mine. And mm-hmm. uh, I do want to say I know how much love loves the line "meet me behind the mall." And I'm so happy it's in August and not illicit affairs because I feel like it could have very easily just been slipped into illicit affairs and I don't like that song and I was
0: Um, I was very shocked that illicit affairs wasn't part of the trilogy like when when they were describing it I was like oh illicit affairs probably goes in illicit affairs yeah probably goes in with August but no yeah um, um oh sorry Are you there?
1: Yes, I am. I was just thinking, I don't know if I have anything else to say about August other than just how much I love it. And I mean, I think you know how much I love, like, love Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff's friendship. Like, it's just a very, I just love it. And I feel like this song just, it just got showcased in Long Pond. And I just, it makes me love the song so much. And it's such a jam. Quick
0: confession, which... I think like at least people that are friends with me and have talked to me about Taylor Swift. know um, deep, dark confession. I haven't always been a fan of Jack Antonoff songs on Taylor Swift albums. Like I've never, I remember that from Twitter actually. Yeah. Like I've never like loved it. I always feel like he overproduces. Like I'm so excited to hear out of the woods now that he like has some more experience, knows what he's doing or she like has it produced by somebody else, but like, it's just it's so harsh. And that's why like the live version yeah. of it is so much better. Um,
1: or the, oh, um, well, what was that live performance that she did of it? And it's, it's an acoustic version of it. Yes. Yeah. The behind the music or.
0: Yeah. So the, the, like called. the Grammy
1: Anyways, thing. You know, which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I actually, I remember you tweeting that because there was another song or an album. I can't remember what you were talking about again on Twitter, but you said something about that, how you were, um, you wanted like less Jack Antonoff in the mix. Yeah. And
0: also I'm a huge Lana Del Rey fan. I have been for her whole career Mm -hmm. career. I am obsessed with Lana Del Rey. And I was like so nervous when I found out that she was working with him and I'm like, no, luckily like they did better (laughs) things together. Yeah. But he's never well, been my favorite. But folklore, I forgive him for all of his misdeeds. Love everything well, that he I did think on I here. just
1: as a whole, like, I don't know. I just, there's so much about folklore that I love that it, like, I think represents, like, in Taylor's life. And, like, just from, like, I know you said you wish it was, like, because you love her autobiographical stuff. And so you were like, do I care about these, this folklore, that these mm-hmm. stories? But, for me I just I feel like it's such a a shift in like the way that she I don't know if it's that she is being perceived or that she's allowing herself to be perceived and I just love that so much of the the talk at least that I saw for this album was about her friendship with Jack her music making process with Aaron and it was less about like who is each of these songs about and what's going on in her personal life and um and I loved that it was about, it was more about the process than it was about like, uh, like her being about the gossip. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I loved, I loved that. And I love her and Jack's friendship. And I don't know. I just, I felt like this album was just like such a beautiful moment in that mm-hmm. story for me. And the fact that she used to, you know, that the running joke has been like, oh, t- don't date Taylor Swift. She'll write a song about you. And then now she's like, oh
0: yeah. Like, this- but even, I didn't even need to because I'm that talented.
1: Well, and like, and this collaborator on my album, my boyfriend who now writes songs with me. Like, mm-hmm. um, I,
0: I love just it love,
1: all. yeah, I love it all. I love that shift. I love what we like see it, life and the perception of the way that she creates music and um. I love it. How many times can I say quick, I love it? Quick
0: love question. It. Yeah. What do you think she's going to do with Better Than Revenge on the re-record?
1: Oh my gosh, I've
0: been fascinated.
1: I don't know.
0: I think she just has to re-record it and then I'm sure we're going to get an Instagram story story note Yeah, or an uh, Instagram a post, an
1: actual post. Or it will be omitted and she'll be like, and here's why, and instead I'm doing a From the Vault song. Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. sure it'll be From the Vault songs, but... Um, that and then also the line in Picture to Burn where she says, because it originally said right. like, but she's I'll already like rechanged this. that one. Yeah, she's already said. What does she say? What does what she? I'll, I'll tell
0: I'll tell my friends you're gay. But she changed it to.
1: I'll. You you won't mind if I say. You something. won't mind if I say. I was gonna yeah. say I can't remember what she changed it to, so I feel like. It, Yeah, it'll be something like that where it's like acknowledged that this is the yeah like I think if she is wanting to do
0: what she is setting out to do which is just own all of her own music I think she has no choice but to re-record I'm sure all the proceeds will be donated to like Rain or something Um, I like that idea I could see that happening like I'm sure all the proceeds from the single will be donated to something but I think she has no choice but to re-record We'll get a big thing about how um, she knows differently now, whatever. And I mean, like, I don't even think maybe this is very unfeminist of me. I understand a little bit of the problematicness, but also I, I think that anger is a valid emotion.
1: And I think that anger is a valid emotion, but I love that. Now we also have this point of view of the other woman. mm -hmm. That's like this gentle point of view. That's like, I really loved you. I really thought you were mine. And I think it
0: will back up when she does come out eventually and apologize for Better Than Revenge. I think August will back up the fact that she doesn't really think that anymore. Like, if if that had happened to her today, she wouldn't go for the jugular to the girl. She would say, she would recognize that Joe Jonas was a, you know, an F boy. I don't don't know um, what am I supposed to say here. Sorry to any of my young women that listen to this. Um, Anyway, what song is next?
1: Okay, this is me
0: trying. Another song that I did not appreciate or even really listen to all the way through for the most part until long time. It's
1: not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's not even much to say about it. Like, No, I did share in my story today that line from Jack Antonoff Um, because that like super resonated with me where he said it's basically about like imposter syndrome where he says it's the thing that binds us. We're all doing our best and still feeling like it's not even close to good enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought that idea was very uh, beautiful and very worthy of songwriting, you know, especially to hear it from someone or from people like Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff who are like at the top of their the world you know who have unlimited everything to hear that 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 universal feeling does apply to them and
0: like um, insecurity never does go away
1: yeah and that and acknowledging giving voice to the fact that there are people like that even what you perceive as someone just like Disappointing you or failing or whatever, mm-hmm. it still might be like the best that they have to offer, and that's that's not nothing.
0: Yeah. So anyway, this is me trying. Good song.
1: It's good fine. job. It's good. Yep.
0: Uh, but I, I'm sure a lot of people do need it. But yeah. I and I
1: think yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to say too. Like yeah, I think, but like I, I do that there is a song about this.
0: It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um what's track ten? Is that Invisible String?
1: Elicit, no, it's illicit affairs. Mm. I love the guitar in illicit affairs. okay Mary my only note on this song was that I loved watching Aaron play the guitar on -hmm. this one in Long Pond and I was that was like all I enjoyed I do not love this song you have a theory about this song don't you I don't know do I I thought I saw that you said you thought it was about girls no that's oh wait yes yes okay wait I'm
0: trying to think I was like no, am I like
1: sounding
0: I think like that- an I just want to chat stalker? Oh my goodness. Yes, you are. You're my biggest fan. Sense. Thank you, Brand. No. Okay. Yes. I was forgetting about the bridge and I was like, what am I thinking about? Yeah. Okay. So in the show Girls. Which I haven't seen. Okay. It's one of my faves. But like if I were to just. I, I feel like the show Girls. I mean, it's one of my favorites of all time. But also like when it's bad, it's so bad where it's almost one of those where I can't like recommend a good conscience. Yes. But I mean, I can because the high points are so high. It's like, did you ever watch Handmaid's Tale? Or do Um, you watch it?
1: (laughs) This is, I did with Handmaid's Tale what I do with all horror films that people are talking about, which is read the plot on Wikipedia because I am too much of a weenie to actually watch it, but I want to know what everyone's talking about. Mm so I did that with um, like Handmaid's Tale Tale, I would never
0: willingly tell anybody to watch it even the parts of it that I've enjoyed like season one was just such a mind-blowing experience and even parts of season two except for like when it started become like super like torture porny but like how horrible season three was and just watching just the misery and all of it I can't recommend it to anybody and then sometimes I feel like that with girls where I'm like you know, it is like one of my favorite shows, but the lows are so low. But anyway, <laughs> pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the thing with girls is spoiler alert for the show that came out almost 10 years ago. Um okay. Lena Denham and Adam Driver characters have been dating for a long time. They had a little on and off again, but then they were like supposed to be like end game. Like they were secure in their relationship. Everything was good she had this opportunity to go away to like some kind of like writer's PhD program thing. Went and moved back to surprise her boyfriend. And he had not only like moved on, but like somebody else moved into their house. And and she was trying to be like the chill girl about it, but she was very, very not chill. And, but her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, Adam Driver, was like so extra chill where she was like kind of trying to meet him where he was. And when they had like their final conversation where he was like, well, I put all of your stuff in a storage unit. So, and I've been paying for the storage unit. So you could go get your stuff. And then he decides that he's going to move out. And then he still tries to keep it chill. And he's like, well, see you later, kid. And that's what he always called her. And she's like, maybe don't call me kid anymore. And And that was like the biggest like moment of the show where it's like, she okay. even got like a little bit of confidence and she was just like, yeah. Any- anyway, anyway, but that was like a big groundbreaking moment of the show when she was like, maybe don't call me kid anymore. That was like character uh-huh. defining, season yeah. defining, defined everything. And then because of the Lena Dunham connection. with Yeah. Jack I Antonoff, say, and of
1: course, it's Lena Dunham. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I always kind of wondered if Felicit Affairs was kind of about that. But anyway, that was a little fan fiction.
1: Yeah. Just a, l- a little fanfic
0: for uh, us girls fans. Because um, really the show could have ended there, right at that scene, and we all would have been so much better off. Yeah. Like if they ended it at that scene and then gave us a movie of Marnie's episode from season five, girls fans, you know what I'm talking about. If they gave us a movie of that and then ended right when Lena Dunham's like, maybe don't call me kid anymore, perfect show. Girls would have been a perfect show. Anyway, um, what's the next song,
1: Brand? Okay. Oh, the next song. Are you regretting Invisible this yet? String. No, I was getting excited about the next song, which is Invisible String. Wait, what is it. that sigh? Oh, okay, good. I love it. Oh my gosh. I was like, are you about to break my heart, Mary? No, I'm so happy. I love it. Uh, the only, okay, so I saw a meme, which you probably saw because you are meme queen. Um, that was like, it said that it was the song was like when you're trying to reach the word count on an essay. <laughs> and that cracks me up now every time I listen to the song like bad was the blood of the song in the car <laughs> on your first trip to L.A. And like um, so many lines like that. Yeah. I mean, every line in the song. Green was the color of the grass. Teal was the color of your shirt gold were the leaves in centennial park like that is so funny i actually
0: i hadn't seen that one before
1: and i really like it because mostly the line bad was the blood of the song in the car yeah like it couldn't just be
0: you he was listening to bad blood
1: yeah you heard bad blood in the cab on your first trip to la i
0: that was one of my hang-ups about the song initially was i thought that it was so annoying how she wrote
1: it like that and I was just like, "This is so annoying. Like, this it's is so pretentious." Um, Those lines don't. I obviously, I'm like, it's it's reaching the word count. Yeah. Um, I felt like she had the some of the really beautiful lines in the song. Um, I love cutting me open and healing me fine. I mm-hmm. love that line.
0: Nothing's um, better than the cold was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who ugh, broke my heart. Now, now I, I send, send their, their babies presents and nothing uh, I have goosebumps actually on my legs it was right now so good
1: uh what was the oh chains around my demons Wool to brave the seasons one single thread of gold time I feel like she had these really beautiful lines and then they had this I think she said that Aaron sent her the music for this and then and then she wrote the song I just it that's all I can think of now is like meeting the word excuse me the word count mm-hmm. Um, I,
0: I think, I mean, like not to like go on a personal tangent or anything, but this is um, hopefully somebody can relate to this and I don't sound like a psychopath, but I grew up with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift came onto the scene when I was in middle school. I had speak now through like my first like relationship ish thing Hmm. and then i had red my senior year and i had like a lot of love life things happen like with red
1: oh my gosh and and, so much and i was
0: able to relate to everything i think every single line i've had a twitter since i was in eighth grade which is detrimental and i should delete it because one day who knows what people would find though
1: but like just from a journal keeping standpoint that's amazing (laughs)
0: but i i think every single line of all too well And I almost do was tweeted separately at some point in my senior year, pointed at some boy. And then I had 1989 when I was dating in Provo in
1: college. Yeah. Yeah. And I,
0: and I always had some kind of heartbreak or whatever. And I had so many like, like clean was always like, I feel this
1: or like wildest
0: dreams. I have like this feeling and stuff. And then not to sound like too narcissistic and obviously like I don't even know how to phrase this without sounding psycho but when I became happily married there was this piece of me that although I was so happy that I was married wouldn't change it for the world was a little sad that like these new songs were going to come out and I wasn't going to be able to relate to them from Taylor Swift and like the old Taylor Swift songs like weren't hitting the same because my whole entire romantic and like conscious life really outside of middle school has been me relating to taylor swift songs i even remember like teardrops on my guitar coming out making it my myspace song hoping that this boy listened to it love that and like i was hoping that he would like listen to it and think that i was thinking about him of course he didn't six sixth grade boys didn't really think like that sure and i um and like with fearless and everything too i just my whole life I had always been able to relate my love life to Taylor Swift songs. And then her like love life um, or like her like lovey songs. Once I was in the great relationship with my now husband and married him now and stuff, they never really like fit or hit the same. Like, I don't know, like nothing would ever be like my like wedding song or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then invisible string came out and I was like, this is it. Finally, oh, I, I finally have this, moment this like feeling that i've been missing because then two more albums came out like reputation couldn't relate to any of that and then lover i mean of of course again but like lover we all probably have our own feelings about it
1: but none of it like i was gonna say that's a whole different podcast yeah like none of it really like hit me the song lover was that for me Mm -hmm. of like that hitting you and being like oh my gosh this is for me right now like i love this but Oh, but I love that it, that you have. I don't know that like that you feel that strongly about Invisible String. I love that. It's such a beautiful song and like so worthy of that.
0: And it just like it gave me that feeling that I had consciously been missing. Like I knew every single time a new Taylor Swift anything would come out, I'd be like, remember how crazy it was when I almost do came out and the asking me if I would try again with you and I almost do when I heard that I go that's exactly how I'm feeling at this moment right now this is so cool and that's like the magic of Taylor Swift and then I thought that I was gonna lose a little bit of that because now I'm like I'm a mom whatever anyway invisible string will forever mean the world to me because it gave me that little feeling gave me that little feeling again anyway sorry for the long tangent guys um track 11 is epiphany mad woman mad woman and Am I off track? Track no twelve. No, we did. Yeah, we're track
1: twelve. Mad woman. Okay. Shots fired. Good on you, Taylor. Love it. That's my note
0: here. We love. We love to see it. And knowing what we now know about Scooter Braun and his relationship that has now just ended, and according to Dumois, it's because. He wasn't always faithful. Makes the line the master of spin has a couple of side flings. Good wives always know. Yep. Makes it yeah. that I don't think that she has ever been other than dear John this cutthroat in the song before.
1: And that she should be mad. She should be scathing, scathing like, like me. me but, but no, no one, one likes them. a mad
0: woman. Yeah. She has never her knife has never been sharper than
1: mad woman. And when it said, you poke that bear till the claws come out
0: mm-hmm.
2: to
1: find something to wrap your noose around. Like, I, I,
0: like, I almost don't even have words for it. I yeah. am just, she did that. She did that.
2: That's is all that, I, I got to like say. It's
1: just like her so like fully, I, I feel like the phrase stepping into her power is so cliche. Mm hmm. But I really feel like it's a stepping into her power moment of like and again, like I was saying, with this album being uh just an ownership, like an ownership of her creative process, of mm-hmm. like how she the narrative that's like told about her. I feel like the song would be like the epitome of that. That um And then same with like, if I were a man that we're getting these songs that are just kind of like, yeah, I've been in this industry for most of my over half my life now.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm only like, just now at a point in my, like with security in my career, where I'm actually going to say that, like, that like, this is what this industry has done to me. This is, this is what this industry has created. Um, And not
0: to bring every topic back to Britney Spears, because I feel like That's what everyone is doing right now. Not, but like, it's just so amazing to watch a woman be so bold and unafraid knowing what women in Hollywood are like up against. And like, she talks about it in her documentary. She talks about, like, we even see it as she's sitting down with all of the males from her camp. And they're saying like, I really don't think you should post that. I think that you'll be perceived this
1: way. I really don't think you should do that her and her mom being like I, we have to yeah and then being like well so you can cut concert sales in half
2: mm-hmm.
1: like that's i mean kind of as like a britney spears thread like okay that's what it's about to you i'm talking about yeah i think that's like deeply personal and and it's just watching her like
0: put so much like if she didn't already sever relationships because of Scooter Braun before this moment, she put yes. Mad Woman on the album and
1: mm-hmm. it was like,
0: there's no question about it. Yeah. You're with him or you're with me. This is how I feel. And I'm not afraid to say it. There will be repercussions. I don't care. I, I don't give a whatever. Yeah, And I just think it's so cool. It's so cool. She's so cool. Yeah.
1: And again, amazing. but again just the fact that she is on her is eighth album that she's been doing this since she was 15 she has unlimited money fame power all of it mm-hmm. and that this is the point where she's like can actually say something about it and didn't before like that stuff boggles my mind and, and same with Britney Spears that like just that like silencing
2: mm-hmm. that
1: you know that it's literally on the album where she's like Like we said at the beginning, like when we started talking about this, like, no, she cares too much about album sales. Okay. So maybe on an album where she didn't care as much about album sales, she can actually say, I'm, I'm so mad. I'm so angry.
0: And it's like, just in case anybody was confused, let me not parse words. This is exactly how I feel. And like, this is how he probably feels about me. So take a a second to think about that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it is one of her strongest songs ever, I think. Anyways, the next one Epiphany? Yes. I love Epiphany.
1: I think it's really beautiful. It's hard for me to listen to. It's kind of, for me, um, like soon you'll get better or it's hard, it's hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't, I can't always, I skip it a lot because I am not always in a headspace. That level of emotion, um, I feel, I felt like Taylor, Jack and Aaron all had like a like a reverence for this song
0: yeah and i um, think the evolution of the song is really interesting too because she talked about in long pond where she got this track and she knew that it was gonna have to be a storytelling song and at first she thought something about sports because she was yeah. wa- watching the last, the last dance. dance and so she thought like oh, okay do something about michael jordan like there should be something about sports and then it, the idea kind of evolved involved and and evolved from there and I think that this will be a very Jack Antonoff in Long Pond. He said that people will look at Mirror Ball and look at it as like a relic from this time. And yeah. I'm very firmly in the camp where, like, I don't really want media about COVID. Like, I don't yeah. want to relive this. I don't yep. want this to touch my TV shows. When I was watching the new Gossip Girl reboot and they were talking about distance learning, I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, Pass. don't want this, don't want this. Um, but I think people will really look at Epiphany years down the line and they'll say because I think one of the things that will be forgotten, forgotten and I mean even present day are forgotten is the fact that like people in the medical field are witnessing these horrors and like back in like April when they had to wear like full, full, full PPE because nobody knew what we were messing with. April of 2020. Yeah. Nobody knew what we were messing with. And it was so scary and all that. I think that this will be kind of one of those like relics and those reminders where it's like they were like gearing up to battle every day. the the gravity. It's amazing to me. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I had many, uh, not to be like too dramatic because my mom's like totally okay now. Um, but I had like so many like main character moments, like driving to the, my mom had COVID last summer and I, um, and I was on bed rest with my baby. So like wasn't even supposed to be driving but there was like this one time where i had to go drive down there to like drop something off at the security desk whatever um anyway and i just had like a main character moment like i'm supposed to be on bed rest but i'm driving a car to my mom who has covid (laughs) oh my god and i and i'm and i'm also going into battle which was the most ridiculous thing ever and like most ridiculous like thought process but i um but it's not it's trauma and it's shaping had that a main character moment where i'm like here here's my song valid
1: yeah
0: valid but also a little psychopathic
1: no i really don't think it is i I think it's uh like a high-risk pregnancy like what you went through that's i I don't think you could be melodramatic about that that's a big big experience um thank you who's
0: I I just want to chat about my uh, mitral valve prolapse. That's what I want to do. That that's what today's episode is about. We're just talking about my heart and my high risk pregnancies. Um, in my like here in a really roundabout way, but yeah. this is actually that, okay. Like now an hour are thirty minutes into it. We're here to talk about um my broken heart, um my like actual broken heart. Anyway, yeah. oh my, gosh. what's uh what's the next? Are we at Betty? We're at Betty with the best bridge of any bridge of all the bridges. Sometimes. I think, Taylor, what are you doing? What are you thinking when you come up with your track lists? Because how she went from Epiphany to Betty. Oh my gosh. It's she could have at least put it in between like, this is me trying. That's kind of a buffer or even mirror ball or even put,
1: I don't know. But we're going
0: from a battlefield to skateboarding to switching homerooms. Yeah. Very jarring. But let's talk about Betty. It was my initial favorite on the album. Like on it, first
1: listen, I think okay, this was my favorite until it I got it was Peace. not mine. And everyone was talking about how much they loved it. And I was like, gosh, I wish I got it. I don't know why it took me so long to be like, like wildly obsessed with this song. Obviously mm-hmm. I arrived there. Um, oh, it's so good though.
0: It's so good. And this I was her Betty. first
1: F-bomb. Yes. And you know, you know how much I love standing in your cardigan, kissing in my car again. It's oh. it's
0: amazing. I love the name Inez. I love all of the names. I even love Betty. I kind of thought I'm like, I used to think of Betty as like a weird name and now I'm like, has a new life. Mm-hmm. I love, um, Thinking about the, the Carly Closs implications of the song, I'm just gonna say this really fast and really quietly. Okay. Um, that just that that's all I have to say about that. Lo- love thinking about what um this could mean there. Um, and it's just good. I remember I have like these weekly Zoom phone call or like video chats with my like best friends. That's so and we- cute i know we're so cute we're really cute um and we were listening or like we were still talking and then it hit nine o'clock where the album was out but we were still talking and i like didn't want to hang up the phone because i still wanted to talk to them but also i was like i need to go listen and then the first things i was seeing on twitter and everywhere was like she said the f word she said the <laughs> f word on betty
1: Betty's so, crazy. so be that was the explicit one, sticker that was yeah. the one
0: that i listened to first even like i skipped the one and everything i was just like Okay, and I think even my sister texted me and was like, Mary, Betty, and I was like, okay, well, what is she saying on there? Like, what's going on? So I, like, ran and listened to Betty first.
1: Yeah, it was, I remember, was it a Taylor Swift interview or someone else talking about, like, just being nervous about getting the, she like, that little sticker, the, like, Mm -hmm. explicit sticker on the album cover, but um, We said it earlier, it would not have hit the same. Well, and she drops an F-bomb in Mad Woman. Oh, yeah, true. But Betty really feels like the first time, even though it's later in the album. mm mm-hmm. um, Oh, and the line, she, I was, what is it? I was walking home on broken cobblestones, like a figment of my worst intentions. Oh, such a good line. So good. She said, James, get it. Should I sing the rest of the song? I'll sing the rest of the song. Hold on. That's why I invited Let's you. Let's drive those days, turn into nights. Nice. Uh, and this was
0: another one that was a joy to I'll watch on the long pond. you
1: all summer long. It was so good. That's and true. this was the one. So she wrote Cardigan with Aaron, August with Jack, and then this one was the three of them together. And I loved, loved that. Oh, I just... That's another was, one from this album that I'm like, I just love it.
0: I love it. It's Again, I think it was an instant classic. Yeah. Quick question. Which F word packs a bigger punch? This one or Champagne Problems? Betty. Really? I think so. Like when you were listening to it, which one blew you away more? The F word. I'm not talking about the song.
1: Well, I think it was this one maybe because it was not as expected. Because Mm -hmm. in Champagne Problems, she had already dropped an F bump in Folklore. Yeah, that is true. Um, But like,
0: I think the same way, I mean, Champagne Problems, we'll get into it in a second, it's one of my favorites ever. Um, But just when she does it in that song, it's like, like my jaw was already hitting the floor. And then that one was like,
1: yeah. I think the line in Champagne Problems, like it's such a stronger line, Mm -hmm. like being effed in the head. Like it's so, is such a stronger statement, but I just think the novelty of the F word coming out of Taylor Swift's mouth. In
0: a course, that is a- In a course, yes. Like in the fact that she's like repeating it, repeating it. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it does, it was definitely a bigger shock. But anyway, Betty, five stars. Five stars
1: across the board. Good job, Betty. Music, lyrics,
0: five yes. stars. All right, next one we're going to talk about is My Precious Baby.
1: Oh me too. My
0: favorite on the album by Peace and
1: Hoax A Mile were my first and second place on my like first listen bracket. Mm. I loved Peace and Hoax. I know hoax is not your favorite. I'm glad we agree on peace. Um, I
0: I feel like I could talk forever about peace. I this was another one too where I feel like I could kind of relate to it and then hearing Aaron Dessner talk about it in the long pond sessions
1: oh my gosh, made me like so cry beautiful. the first time yeah he's just so earnest like mm-hmm. at first when I first saw long pond I was like is he annoyed by Taylor Swift and then I it was like no he just has such a like quiet and gentle nature about him and he's so earnest in that moment when he's talking about this song just kind of made me feel so much affection for him I, like, I feel like the
0: song almost is, like, too, like, sacred to even analyze, which sounds yeah. stupid, but, like, to me, it's, like, it was so, I'm trying to find the words here, but it's, like, so honest, and I know, like, vulnerable gets, like, thrown around all the time, but I can't, like right now we don't know much about Taylor Swift's private life and she has designed it that way. She had been burned after the Kanye thing. Mm -hmm. The, the level of access we have to her has been very carefully crafted by her over time. And I think this was like the biggest insight that we've had to her in her mind in years and just amazing. And I think you would think that, it's not a relatable song because on the surface it is about like celebrity and about like
1: but they kind of talk about that in in Longboat, which obviously is on my mind because i just watched it today but her and erin like talked about that where she was like you know talked about how it relates to like paparazzi and Mm -hmm. um people wanting to see inside of her life but then yeah erin was like well, but it it relates to me too. Like it relates to anyone who feels like they're hard to live with sometimes. Yeah. Or literally every human being on the planet who approaches a relationship with imperfections that
2: mm-hmm.
1: it like it's there. That's it's and so here's the other thing that I love about this song is that um Taylor's said in her tiny desk concert or her like in tiny desk um that she used, or she probably still does. She would get asked all the time, like, what are you, how are you going to like have a career if you're ever finally happy? Because you only write about heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, what would you even write about? And she was talking about um, Death by a Thousand Cuts, which I do not like, Conversation for a Different Day. Oh, I like it. Not my favorite song. But it was kind of like her first foray into fictitious songwriting. Um, Anyways, I know that she's been asked that a lot. Like, what are you going to do? Um, if you can't write about heart, heartbreak, but I love that this song is writing about, like, a long-term relationship, the fact that love isn't easy, and that even being in a long-term relationship doesn't exempt you from, from heartache, or from these, like, these really hard, heartbreaking moments, where you, like, question, am I good enough for you, is this what you want, is this what I want, Um, and that you can, you can still be like really beautifully blissfully happy with someone and that doesn't make it easy. Yeah. Uh, And I, and I think peace shows, I'm like, she can still write really beautiful, even sad music about a very happy relationship and Mm -hmm. it's very honest and very beautiful.
0: And let me just say, give you my wild, give you a child.
1: Please. iconic
0: iconic ah. i think we'll get a taylor swift baby in the next year i think we will get it i don't think that we will know about it i said this in the last episode i don't think that we'll know about it until the baby is born and then we'll right. get like a picture of the foot or something maybe like
1: mini um, Kaling style
0: yeah like i don't even know if we'll know the name even right. like i do not think that we will know this baby i think that they'll move to london and she'll do like albums remotely or something but give you my wild, give you a child. Okay. Jaw dropping each time.
1: Line from the song is, "I'm a fire and I'll keep your brittle heart warm mm-hmm. if your cascade ocean waves ocean wave blues come."
0: Yeah, and the, I would die that for you line. in secret. Just all of it is. Yeah. every single line this perfect a perfect perfect
1: sunshine give you my best yes oh it's it's beautiful
0: and then quickly hoax even though i don't want to make it quick for you because i know that you love it i don't i honestly
1: don't have a lot to say about it i just think it's a really beautiful song
0: i think that it is great songwriting i just don't it's another one where i feel like i just don't need it
1: where
0: and i feel like even
1: though i do love it
0: and okay so then this is now where we talk I, do you think that Folklore, if you were to cut
1: four songs from Folklore, what would they be? Okay. What would they be? Ooh, I thought this would be harder for me, but I actually don't know if it is very hard for me. So I think I would cut, for sure, Illicit Affairs. Um, seven. Seven. Uh, Probably Tears Ricochet. Really? But I don't, I love that. Like I said, I love that one more, like having more understanding. Like you wouldn't more. cut like Miraball
0: or This Is Me Trying or Last Great American Dynasty or anything? Like you would cut My Tears Ricochet over that?
1: I would cut Last Great American Dynasty. Okay. Okay, so last, for sure, the ones that I would cut would be Last Great American Dynasty 7, and illicit affairs. And then I was trying to decide between my tears ricochet and mirror
0: As a fuller ball, all the way. You think Mirabal.
1: Goodbye, mirror ball. Goodbye,
0: mirror I mean, your opinions or whatever. Because my my cuts would be mirror this is me trying, hoax. And I think that last great American dynasty, I guess it has its place. So I will cut i almost want to say cardigan you just like it enough that you would cut it like if i was really trying to trim down the album yeah well no because i feel like it sounds different enough where we can't have all these other songs that sound the same so i guess i would cut illicit affairs i'd cut illicit affairs over cardigan
1: Thank um
0: you. and i feel very strongly the one is a great opener, but I feel very strongly that peace should have opened the album or closed the album. Like I feel like it would have been Ooh, the I coolest piece as an opener. It would have been the coolest, like intro, like like. In, can you picture it in a live setting too? Like everything's black, and then just kind of like the like yeah oh
1: yeah. I I think it should have opened or closed. Okay, so you cut those four. And you have to pick just four from Evermore to add in in their place.
0: Champagne Problems. And these are not okay. my favorite. I mean, like some of them are, but like ones that would fit in on there. Champagne Problems, Coney Island. I think Gold Rush was definitely supposed to be on folklore. Like some of them, I, I listened so. to it and I'm like, these are. And the fact
1: that it says folklore. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that about Gold Rush. Yeah,
0: I think that it meant to be on there and then they just had to cut it and then they moved it to this other thing um i also
1: feel that way about Dorothea. Ooh, i that's my least favorite no not that i wanted it on the album but that i think it was supposed that it was going to like i feel like it could have been on folklore but then they already had last great american dynasty with like a and uh mm, epiphany with like kind of the personal storytelling history i, th- I think that um oh do you mean marjorie no no oh, okay
0: i was just because you said epiphany. am i getting that mixed up well no because marjorie was like the one about her grandma and then epiphany was about her grandpa so i just thought that that's yeah. what you were meaning
1: um wait but dorothea i thought she was related to dorothea too
0: no i think dorothea is just like the ra- random one that's supposed to fit into uh tis a damn season oh which i would bring over to folklore Oh, okay. Yeah. I think if I was making a perfect album of the 10 of 10 songs or 12 songs from the both, I think I would do, maybe this is too elaborate to just do on the fly, but not in this order, but keep champagne problems. Keep August peace, August peace. Invisible String, Exile, My Tears Ricochet, Betty. So then I have six from Folklore. And then Champagne Problems, Tis the Damn Season, Gold Rush, and um,
1: Coney Island. I'm honestly bummed that you haven't mentioned Long Story Short at all.
0: I don't like it. You don't? I don't like it. I think it's oh, Jack Antonoff being too Jack Antonoffy and I think it's a I think it's a outtake from 1989.
1: I love I really love long story short and happiness. I
0: love happiness. I'm very sad about Abigail. But yeah. I um love happiness. I love tolerate it. We'll do another evermore one.
1: We can. Okay. I don't live. tolerate it. We can talk about all those later.
0: Yeah. Like, I, we probably have gone on too long now. Do you have premium Zoom? Is that what's letting us do this for so long? I probably do. I, a teacher.
1: I think I had it through BYU-Idaho.
0: Okay. I don't have pr- premium Zoom. And normally when I go
1: over 40 minutes, I have to make some cuts. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. It might be because of me, because I used it. I mean, I haven't been a teacher for two years, but... Um, Someone somewhere is paying for your premium Zoom,
0: and I'm grateful for them. That that would be BYU Idaho. They're paying that like forty bucks a year or whatever it is. Thank you BYUI for that and that only. Um, Pretty much. Any other? <laughs> when you think that when she tours, how do you want her to do it? Ooh. I have my own
1: thoughts. Um. I don't know, because at this point we have three albums. I want her to, I, I don't know, like did a... you
0: ever, did you ever listen to the Every Album Taylor Swift podcast that The Ringer did?
1: No, but I had a lot of people send it to me.
0: It was not my favorite. Really didn't like the male host on it. It was a very irritating listen. But he was the CEO of Ticketmaster, so he's like the guru of all touring. Oh, okay. And he's saying with basically absolute cer- certainty, not because he has insider tailor information, but just from how tours work. He says with almost absolute certainty, she's not going to be able to actually tour. She's going to have to do bundles of residencies places. Like people, she's at the Star Power now, where it could be like Celine, where it's like, you come to me. Like I'm in Vegas, you come to Uh-oh. me. So, like, she does like 10 shows in LA, you come to me, 10 shows in New York, you come to me, maybe a couple in Vegas. Which,
1: I mean, that's kind of how she had
0: set up the lover.
1: Yeah. And then she. Where it was just like a couple shows. And it's probably the only
0: feasible way for her to do something live on stage with Jack Antonoff and Aaron Dessner. um, To just do these like handfuls of like two to three week residencies in a couple different places throughout the year. So I believe that she will do that. Because I think just her. Touring it would just be too hard. And I don't think that that's really something that she wants either. But, yeah, but how do you want the show itself to look? Because I want her to do it like John Mayer does. John Mayer, before every show, goes through and decides what he wants to play. Every single night, it's a different set list. And then by the Ooh. end of his tour, he's played everything in his discography. And I don't think that Taylor will be able to do that because her...
1: She has more songs in him. Um she has so many more songs than him, but also I think she, because of the way that she like does her shows where she has guests and stuff like I think she likes each show being a unique experience. and mm-hmm. she doesn't like that you know how you do how she would do like the first show and within seconds minutes, like the entire set list is leaked, and she would always try to like have her celebrity guests that would, yeah, come in as a surprise. So I think she would like the element of that where she would be creating a unique show every time that people couldn't anticipate. I think she would like that.
0: And like, I don't need dancers. I don't need anything. I'm sorry that they won't have jobs, but like, I don't need her to dance. I want her (laughs) in the guitar. I want her in the piano. I want some storytelling. And I just want it to be something different. Cause I mean, in the reputation tour, how fun was it? I followed that Instagram account where it's like every rep song. Cause every night she would go and she would play one song acoustic, like a deep Uh track, like an old song. But every single night of that, and then people, John Mayer would post the set list every night and be like, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is what I listen to. And then he would have like a couple songs that he would make sure to play every night, like the the big ringer hits, you know, right. like he would always play Gravity. I'm a big John Mayer fan. Always play Gravity. Always play. Um... Actually, I really think Gravity is the only one that he would always do no matter what. But um Cause he would like come back from his little intermission and do gravity every time. But other than that, it was always different. And then like you were comparing set lists and you were trying to figure out what he was going to do. And like, he was always very online. So people would kind of request songs and he'd be like, this person tweeted me. They're here with their girlfriend tonight. I'm going to play this one. It was like very intimate and very fun for fans. So I hope and anticipate that she will do something like that because there's no way, again, we have three albums and we have all the re reports So if she's going to be doing some kind of greatest hits jukebox tour. I would love that. Where,
1: like, I mean, the fact that we've Harry, never even do heard. you know which song, what the acoustic song was the night that I was at Reputation? No it was all too well I love it you were at the Ah! opener right yeah I was at the opener she started playing it It, and I know I already said this about the 1989 tour yes I did cry the whole time both concerts but literally I just I was sitting next to my mom and I burst into tears and I was like it's all too well Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd hear it live it's all too well (laughs) I feel like that's one of the ones that she would
0: have to play every night probably that in August um, I don't like, think she would play all too well every night I think she'd play lover every night Well I don't know Like I think all too well is just becoming this yeah, Huge thing is. Where I think people would probably expect it Unless you just did it at like very special shows Kind of yeah. like how John Mayer pulls out in your atmosphere Like only sometimes Anyway big John Mayer stand. But do I like his new album not really But that's a different podcast Anyway Brandilyn Mary It's been about two hours now
1: <laughs> It's been a solid two hours
0: I don't know if For- like For the six of you still listening, thank you. Thank you for listening to to today's episode of the (laughs) I Just Want to Chat podcast. Um, Brandilyn, where can we find you online? Do you want to be found online?
1: Um, I mean, if you're interested in Taylor Swift content, thrifting content, my children and my pets. I'm very interested always when you share
0: things about how you run your business. Oh. I... Love that content that from you.
1: I feel like I don't post about that a lot.
0: Um, I know, but every time you do, I'm just always so intrigued by it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Some of my favorite content okay.
1: from
2: now on. Cater all <laughs> your content so towards
1: spoken. me. Um, I'm at the Brandolin on Instagram, and that's about the only social media I use these days. That's probably a really safe thing. Mary, where can people find you online? I, I'm really hard to find. I,
0: <laughs> I, um, I have just been kind of trying to like unplug and just you know soak up my kids and okay. you know live my life. Um, if everybody, an
1: internet break. Did you make a big statement about it though? That is a very important part of taking an internet break. Is every, everyone on the internet know?
0: Every year, my one April Fool's joke is, hey guys, taking a social
1: media break, unplugging. <laughs> I'll
0: see you all soon. And every year, people fall for it.
2: Oh my god! And
0: then I go on a couple of hours later. I'm like, guys, this was a joke. Like, a joke. Uh, like it's April first, obviously, but every single year, it's my ringer. It's like my, hey guys, gonna unplug for a bit.
1: That's like that. Do you remember that tweet that was like, if you got kidnapped and you could send one tweet that would like <laughs> yes. signal to your followers I, that like something's not okay? I think I
0: even did that meme that way. I yeah. think I, I think I even was like taking social media break. Um, and then I think I did one where it's like not going to post pictures of my kids' faces anymore to respect their privacy, which
1: I should do, but mine was like, Hey, (laughs) Hey mama, I have a really exciting business (laughs) opportunity with unlimited earning potential and financial freedom. Here you come home with your littles. Oh, yeah. Me for details. That was mine.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Anyway, everybody, first of all, thank you, Brandilyn. This has been a joy.
1: If nobody listens, if no one listens to it, I'll have no regrets. I'll have no regrets. Zero regrets that I spent my day rewatching Long Pond and then talking to you about it.
0: I I was trying to watch Long Pond today, like while I was making dinner and I told my kids, I'm like, sorry, guys, I have to do this for work, making myself sound important. And Alex was kind of like, wait, why do you have to watch this now? Like, I'm like, you want to understand. For work.
2: Yeah. For
0: work. work. Yeah.
1: I'm a very important
0: I, this is a this is a very lucrative podcast. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the I just want to chat podcast Instagram, and I've been trying to make it a thing. I'm trying really hard, so follow me on there, and there's fun things to do on there. So it's at I just want to chat podcast, and then you can also join our Facebook group if you want to. It is very fun, um, funner than most Facebook groups. Your aunt isn't in there posting racist uh, content. It's very fun. So. Follow us at, at I just want to chat podcast on there, and everybody. We will see you next week, maybe even a little bit earlier than you uh, would expect. That's a teaser because Ooh. I um, I'm going to Disneyland uh, next week on the twenty seventh. If anyone's at Disneyland, yeah. come come find me. No Did one you will do like be. an
1: influencer thing where it's like I'll have prizes for the first three people who find me at Disneyland. Okay, wait. L- l-
0: all right. This is how I'll know if anybody actually listens to my podcast and I'll be like really disappointed. I'm ordering. I just want to chat stickers. I'll send you one. Um, I'm ordering. I just want chat stickers just like for water bottles and stuff yes. and I just to it. like to send out like for fun things. Like I'm not trying to like make anybody buy them or whatever. So if you are hearing this and you're like, hey, Mary, I want one of those stickers. As your prize for listening to two hours of this, just send me a message and I'll send you a sticker. The sticker should be coming soon. Um, and I'm making it sound so charitable of me when really you're just advertising my podcast for free. So anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Oh, I will send you one
2: and we will see you next week. Thank you.